This is Free Cookies from ESPNW. I'm Catherine Budick. And I'm Kate Fagan. And this is a podcast all about sports, wellness, and pop culture, and some awesome motherfucking people. We love the curse. You're just thrilled that we have a guest on today, and they are the king and queen of cookbook cursing, Thug Kitchen, which just opens the floodgates for all of the F-bombs. I mean, we've not been given permission to drop the bomb, so I'm going to bleepity McBleep it up in this episode. And I just can't imagine who I would rather bleep more with than (laughs) Michelle and Matt. I love these guys, and I love this conversation, and I love the moment that they're going to share with us when this massive Hollywood star, unbeknownst to them, goes on a national show and plugs their Tumblr account, helps them blow up. So stick around for that conversation because it's awesome. (laughs) She's all bouncy in her chair. Uh, And we're also going to talk with the amazing chef Candice Kumai. She's coming in and she's going to drop some knowledge, little wellness sprinkles here and there. She might do her awesome Japanese mother impersonation, which she's allowed to do. I can only pray. But before all of that, breaking news, breaking international cookie news, Catherine. Yes. This is big. We've gone international, okay? Because we have a cookie monster by the name of Savannah Mazda, and she emailed us at freecookies at ESPN.com with her international, very important perspective on cookies, a.k.a. biscuits. So it's the cookie, American cookie versus UK biscuit debate we've had a lot of listeners suggest forms of biscuits that should be on the standard cookie list but are not and will not be on the standard cookie list so we thought look we'd give a little nod to our international listeners by allowing savannah to offer us an international cookie list so here let, without further ado yeah are here are do the, it in an english accent why don't you do the first one in an English accent and I'll take over. And maybe Irish since you lived in Ireland. Maybe I'll do that for that. You're gorgeous, Jargie. Maybe I'll do that. <laughs> oh my God. So number one on the list. Dun, dun, dun. <clears throat> Shortbread. Keep going. Number two. Sandwich biscuits. Number four. I'm going to skip three for a reason. Plain tea biscuits. Number five. Chocolate tea biscuits. And what was number three? You tell me. Jammy Dodgers. Okay, this is my favorite on the international cookie list is the Jammy Dodger. Because when we were in London, we went to get coffee every morning at the coffee jar in Camden Town. Shout out to the coffee jar. Your coffee is amazing. And we were in there the first day and they had a plate of Linzer tarts. And I was like, "Mm, Linzer tarts. I love Linzer tarts. But next to the Linzer tart was an actual little sign that said Jammy Dodger. Jammy Dodger. Jamie Dodger. Is moving that on, moving on. It's a Jamie Dodger. So you're telling me that my whole life I have been eating Linzer tarts and calling them Linzer tarts, and I could have been calling them Jamie Dodger, which sounds to me like I'm eating something that makes me a Charles Dickens character. That's what my life could have been like until this point. So does that mean that it actually has the potential to enter the American standard cookie list because honestly, nostalgia? And emotion alone will get Jamie Dodger a meeting before the board of the standard cookie list. Honestly, I will sneak them in to at least get vetted by the cookie board because it's too important. The Jamie Dodger needs to at least have an audience. And perhaps if it doesn't make your, I was about to say our list, but let's face it, this is Kate's list. Look, you, Then perhaps we could introduce it to the actual Dodgers as their... Um, sportsing! Their, Look at you! Sportsing, yes. It, it could, could be at the concession stands at the Los Angeles Dodgers games. The Jammy Dodger. Yeah, maybe that could be their new mascot. All right, so 
Today we have an awesome conversation with Thug Kitchen. And as I mentioned earlier, they share this moment in their origin story when celebrity to be named later goes on a national show and talks about their Tumblr account and their careers skyrocket after that. So in honor of them sharing in a lot of ways, the arc of how they built this business in that one key moment, I thought each of us should should share what we look at in our rearview mirrors as one of or the, it doesn't have to be the, just one that stands out to you of like key moment. And I'll just jump in. Unless yeah, go for it. So for me, when I talk about being a writer and getting to ESPN and perhaps maybe having a career that like some people say is desirable or one that yes. I strove for I look at one key moment and it's surprising to me that this is the key moment because it's not one that really was a linchpin and shot me somewhere else it was actually a place where it didn't send me somewhere so let me explain elaborate please right before I got a job with the Philadelphia Inquirer to be the beat writer for the Philadelphia 76ers. I had applied for the PR position with a vitamin company in upstate New York that serviced vitamin water and provided the vitamins in vitamin water. It's a lot of vitamins for you. I desperately wanted this job because I was working for a small newspaper in upstate New York making $22,000 a year. I wasn't traveling and this job as the PR person for this vitamin water company, maybe I was making double that. You know, maybe I was going to make $45,000 a year. And twice a year, I had to go to Germany to this vitamin festival. And in my mind, I was just so impatient. And I didn't know that journalism and writing and the sports media career was ever going to get me anywhere because there's just, there's a proliferation of jobs in this industry where you're making so little money and you're hustling so hard that eventually you just get burned down. I was desperate for this PR company job. I applied for it. I went in for an in-person interview. And a couple couple weeks later, they called and said that I didn't get the job. And I was really disappointed. Not a month after that, I got the Philadelphia Inquirer job. And I started being a beat writer for an NBA team. And so to me, when I look at that moment, which is not a moment where something happened that catapulted me somewhere. It was a point when something didn't happen that allowed me to stay present on the journey that I was on. And what do I ascribe that to? Sheer luck. Sure, because that iteration <laughs> could have turned you into a completely different path where we wouldn't have known each other, where you wouldn't be oh, working baby. at ESPN. I know. Don't or talk maybe, about that. I do like vitamin water, so maybe I would have met you on the road Maybe somewhere. you could have been an ambassador. I'm like, I'm parched. Help you, me. You could have come to the German vitamin conference. Yes. Yeah. So so what, what's yeah, I, you? Well, I think what's so interesting about these big... Uh, moments in our life, all earth shattering, job altering moments, is that they're often quite negative. And I when I was younger, I modeled for a company called Toe Socks. And just to get to the point, they were black and white advertisements for socks. And I was doing yoga and nothing but socks. That being said, they were wildly artistic, beautifully shot, in my opinion, quite tasteful. I had so many things to jump in there with, but I just want to pat myself on the back that I didn't. That you're controlling jump in yourself? With them. Good yes. censorship. Thank you. So, you know, for the first year, they were accepted. Everyone thought it was beautiful. And then it's the Thug Kitchen episode. So here I go. Shit hit the fan. And there was a letter written to the editor in chief of the magazine that it was frequently published in. And then everyone 
who did not agree with nudity and advertising got their pitchforks and went to town. Um, so it was a very emotionally draining point in my life because I was receiving a lot of hate mail. Um, I was losing respect as a teacher because I had sacrificed myself and was using my body to sell product, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I, it was actually my first bout with anxiety that I ever experienced in my entire life during that point. And it, while it was really brutal to get through it at the time, it was also a really fantastic opportunity for me to sit down and realize would I do it again if given permission to and what would I change? And after I made kind of a traditional pros and cons list, I realized, no, I stand by the reasoning behind why I did this. And I believe in myself and I believe in my actions. And while it was a really draining experience, it also catapulted my name within the yoga and wellness world because there was so much drama around it. You know, the old saying, no press is bad press. So it, uh, it, I would not like to experience it again, but it also gave me an opportunity to get onto a platform where once the dust settled, I could truly find my voice and, and do some good. It's funny you bring that story up because even the kitchen has had to deal with a lot some controversy and scrutiny over their choices. And so they talk about that as well as they will share with you the big time Hollywood star. She's really excited about this star. I know. I just look, I'm good at teasing. Okay? Do we maybe just want to bring them on so we can stop talking about you? Let's do it. Let's bring it. let's bring on Thug Kitchen. All right. Come on in. We are sitting here with the founders of Thug Kitchen, Michelle Davis and Matt Holloway. And Michelle, once upon a time, was a cashier at a natural food store where they deprived her of water while she worked. Dangerous to have water around those machines. She also is a fantastic recipe creator. And then Matt was, let's see, he was working a bunch of odd jobs. Uh, He was the assistant for a production company, a waiter, and evidently, I hear, folded a mean shirt at the Gap. Yeah, I got fired from the Gap. (laughs) (laughs) So the two of them, and and I can't wait to ask more about this, you were once a couple, now you're friends, and I really want to know how y'all make that work. Um, But they got together because they wanted to create something that was fun and entertaining, and also you have a passion for promoting healthy living and voila the kitchen was born yeah (laughs) just boom like that all right so what we'd like to start with is we read some level of a bio and that was actually more casual than most of our bios because we added (laughs) some of those little human interest pieces and then we like to ask our guests whether that bio resonated with them is there anything now that you were missing that is more current that you feel like when you go and tell people what you're up to and what you're about that you like to throw in there yeah, I don't know. Like, I people ask what I do for a living. I'm like, I have no fucking idea. Like, I can't tell you. Like, I don't know. I write books and take photos of food. And like, yeah. So yeah. yeah, Matt does all the photos. I do all the recipes, and we write all the jokes together. So it really depends on like who we're around, what we say we do. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I run a blog, or I'm a cook. When you or... know your audience. Is yeah. What you're exactly. <laughs> okay. Um. So we we were super excited to have you guys on because we really wanted to share with our listeners the story arc of the germ of an idea that then led to what I'm, what is such a wildly popular book, blog, Instagram page for you guys. And for listeners who don't know, they've released three books. Have have they all hit the number one New York Times bestseller list? Um, They haven't all hit number one, but they've all been New York Times bestsellers. I I mean, ain't no thing. I think one of them was 25,000 copies sold in the first week. Yes. It's insanity. Yeah, the first one has... 
it was on the list for 48 consecutive weeks. Um, and uh, it's been on the list for almost 100 weeks. Yeah, we're not like our the books that we compete against are not other vegan books. Like we're, we're competing <laughs> and against. And we're going like, to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting. It's like we're competing against Martha fucking Stewart. Like, so. <laughs> I like it. All the bleeps. All right, let's start actually with the name, though, because the yeah. name has a lot of energy around it yeah. and people connect with it but then right. there's also the flip side yeah. that sometimes it draws controversy because of the use of the word thug yeah. so let's start there in terms of how you guys came up with that name and what your reaction has been to some of the discussion around it sure. Sure. um so you know we were we knew we wanted to swear on the site and have it be super casual um just to reflect our backgrounds like we don't come from families with a ton of money um you know we've always worked like you know, Matt said we did construction. I worked at a bar all through high school. Then I bagged groceries. Like, it's not, we've we're not had, fancy people. Like, yeah. we come from places where people have jobs. They don't have careers. And yeah. so, but he- healthy eating has always been important to us. So we kind of wanted to speak in the way that we grew up. You know, where did you guys grow up, by the way? I grew up in the East Bay, up in uh, Northern California. Mm-hmm. Houston. And Houston, Houston, Texas. Houston, so. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we wanted to have like a casual blog and like, okay, cursing kitchen, like that sounds corny as hell. Like, yeah. well, how little on we? the nose, little on the nose. Yeah. We, <laughs> so. uh, yeah, we wanted something that was super like aggro and in your face about food and, and like unapologetic. Yeah, and like uh, you know, no offense to a lot of competing authors, but like the language is all the same. Mm-hmm. It's very flowery. It's kind of condescending too. Yeah, and, and holier than thou. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, you don't have all these spices and these kitchen tools, and like it's not accessible. And the way that these people speak is not reflective of the environments that Michelle and I come from. Like she said, very, you know, working class families. Um, I would, you know, I dropped out of college. Like, uh, you know, I'm from like, like all the, geniuses do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we came up with the kitchen and uh, yeah, we thought it was like a good shorthand for like kind of what we wanted to get across. It is probably the strongest part of our business in terms of like it gets people's attention but it's also the most polarizing thing about our business too so because um people took exception to to white folks like us using the word thug as the name of our company but yeah. um did you expect that to happen when you originally we haven't expected anything like I this mean, like we didn't expect a book deal so you, sure. yeah. <laughs> you should always accept like in any thing you do no matter what it is in life expect criticism yes like and I think we expected that. We didn't expect the death threats. The internet's a vicious place to work. Yeah. Um, and um, we were like, okay, the best way to do this, because like the go-to thing is like, oh, I'm not like that at all. And here's like the typical fucking responses when people get accused of shit like that. And what Michelle and I did is we're like, you know what? We're going to go on tour. We're going to stick our necks out. We don't have bodyguards. There's like, you can come up and talk to us. We're going to tell people who we are, where we come from, why we did this, and, and let them know our intentions. Mm-hmm. And, and we did that. And then, and yeah, they can come to their own conclusions has really been our thought process. Like, it's not for us to say um, how you feel about the titles of our books or blogs or anything like that. All we can do is give you information about ourselves. And, you know, we don't run ads on our site. So if you want to go and check it out and get informed for yourself and how you feel about it, you know, let people come to their own conclusions. We're not trying to shut down a conversation. Yeah. And in retrospect, after the death, Threats, yeah. et cetera, that heaviness. Wait, would you change anything if you could? Would you go back and rebrand or do you nah. feel confident? If and- anything, I would lean harder into it because <laughs> just to piss people off. Because it's like it's like there's real problems in the world, honestly. And and if you guys are hung up about because all the negative things said about us was 
Um, it was projection. There wasn't anything that anyone was quoting that we said. There was nothing that nothing discrimination against anybody of any background. It was the assumption that we're terrible people. It's hard to separate the name and like all of the attention that it got from the success too. So I, it's hard to go back and you know Monday morning quarterback. Um, Good sports term. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, Trying to blend all three of these and you're doing it seamlessly. (laughs) Yeah, to go back. So, you know, we just took it as it was. And, you know, it's made us uh, more interesting and uh, stronger people. And uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely made us better people. Yeah, I'm definitely, you know, I've always geared towards like, being a little bit of a perfectionist and like all that kind of stuff. So this definitely was um, an exercise in kind of letting go of my ability to control a narrative or people's perceptions of me and, you know, my Google ability. Like I never I never had a MySpace, a Facebook, like I had no social media ever um, before any of this. Like I had to learn Twitter like for the she's, company. Yeah. She's Googling shit like how to retweet. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> It was terrible. And so, you know, I went from I really valued my privacy online um, and now I don't have any. And so it is. Yeah. So we just come to terms with that. So we mentioned at the top that you two used to be in a relationship. And then as we were cabbing over here, I was like, well, did the did the business break them up or were they broken up? So give us like the lay of the land when it comes to. Do we need to expect anything in our future? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The short and skinny of it is, is like we can do one thing really well together. We can run a company and write books and they can be successful and we can do that great. Or we can be in this relationship and that can be great. Hmm. We can't do both. It's very difficult. That's wildly mature of you. Yeah. It's taken years to realize this. Do you ever so, get around a lot of spicy food and some nights you're like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I love spi- is it the spicy food or the tequila that usually accompanies the spicy food? I was going to add on. Yeah. But, um, wait, so is, it, it, if I'm, and I'm inferring this, that you guys, when you first started the company, you were in a relationship and then you realized yeah. it wasn't working out. Right. We, okay. we separated before the first book even came out. Yeah. Um, and that was tough because we're going on tour and everyone's like, you know, it's like, yeah, we had like three shitty articles written about us and people are in our mm. face about that. And then people are asking us about our dating life. And we're like, yo, I'm just trying to deal with the death threats. And people were like targeting my family. Can I'm just we trying not to show you how to make like, a salad. Right. Yeah. I thought I was just trying to show you how to make a salad. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just trying to help. Nothing man. is simple in this world. Yeah. But yeah, um, um, yeah, we just had to make a choice. And um, yeah, we. Like you said, like we come from environments where people have jobs. This was a massive opportunity for us. Like I, the job I had was living paycheck to paycheck. Same with Michelle. Like both of us hovered around like the line of poverty. We were like making like 18, 20 grand a year. Um, In Los Angeles. Yeah, which is really tough to do. Um, And we saw this opportunity and we're like, who are we to squander this? Like, we'll yeah, never... where where would I get off going back to the grocery store being like, sorry guys, like, yeah. <laughs> and we and we wanted to do the best job possible, so we took it very seriously. So, okay, so I feel like we've laid the emotional foundation mm-hmm. for Thug Kitchen and then and personal your the relationship between you two. So now take us back to that germ of an idea, and when you two were talking about what this could be. What were your expectations or goals in those first months? It was honestly just us. Like, like Matt said, we hated our jobs like everybody does. And like I'm like crying in my car, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and so it was just like a fun project for us 
to have like a fantasy world where maybe like life wasn't so terrible and we could be creative. We did not think like we don't. We, I remember we were sitting down and we were both like, dude, if we get like $10,000 out of this, our lives are well, so much better. Well, no, but not even better. at the beginning. Right. Like, like, like supplemental income that you can just like relax a little we bit. Weren't, we weren't ready to quit our jobs. The like, free we, Tumblr account that we started, we did with no expectations whatsoever. That was just for fun. Yeah. Um, and then when... We started that in like August 2012. And then spring 2013, somebody made a collage of all of our images and it got main paged on Reddit. I was going to say, Reddit. that's how you started. Because that's yeah. how I remember y'all in the very beginning, the images. Yeah. Actually, my first image that one of my best friends brought to my attention was your lavender lemonade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I might be Still paraphrasing. It's so yeah, good. It's my favorite yeah. where it's mother lavender lemonade. Yeah, exactly. Calm your bitch ass down like a boss. Yep, yeah, that's us. That's right. And so that was our quote with my best friend at the time where if we were stressing out, we would quote that to yeah. each other on a regular basis. Uh, you know, really... you really brought us closer together. So yeah, that was just us like being dumb, trying to pretend like life could be better. And when it got main paged on Reddit, that's when all of a sudden we started getting attention, which we that's when we started having real conversations. Like if we'd get any money from this, that's crazy. Yeah. So main paged on Reddit for our listeners slash me. <laughs> Do, does someone just That's organically a, gotta hate the word put it there? Yeah, and you're like, oh, whoa! Somebody thought this was interesting enough to get 100%. it in this on this platform. Yeah, yeah, somebody made a collage. We don't know who this person is. Um, and it just got upvoted and got to the main yeah. page, and then we started getting all this traffic and had to figure out why. Right. And then Gwyneth Paltrow talked about us in her Goop newsletter and put a link at the bottom. Uh, her newsletter for her lifestyle. Um, you know, website that she sent, used to send out weekly. And then she talked about us on the Rachel Ray show. Mm. We, and had you been hanging you, out with Gwyneth prior no. to this? Had Did you had you communication with her? Your pants no. you saw this? We still haven't met her. Yeah, no, we... Like we've never talked to her. <laughs> so I don't come from the entertainment world at all. So I would have thought for sure she did me a solid or something. Like, I would have thought there was some backroom dealing. Like, I had been her nanny and right. she, like, hooked me up. No, she just did it, and it changed our lives. Yeah, one hundred percent. She got us. Yeah, she got us the attention that I, I guess at that, that got point us the book time, deal. They got yeah, they got the book deal, and we are so ride or die for Gwen. No, I, did, <laughs> um, I mean, how good was she in Shakespeare in Love? Though? Come on. Hey, hey, you know what? We you could talk <laughs> shit to me to my face. But I will cut you for the out. <laughs> she got me out of the grocery store. I owe her everything. Yeah. So because I'm a numbers person, yeah. Are we going to make a list? No, that's okay. different. I'm a list person and a numbers person. I love a when, list. I love it. I have a standard cookie list. We can get to that later. But <laughs> from a numbers perspective, just so it can be solidified in my mind, after that Goop newsletter and Gwyneth gives you the shout out on Rachel Ray, like what uptick are we seeing? Our analytics crashed. Oh. Wow. Yeah, so we like were. Okay. That's crap. not a number, but I can yeah. fathom that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'll get, I'll, yeah, to put it in perspective. So we were seeing, on average, we'd get like 30 or 40 people at any given moment on our website. And we were. And 30 we, or 40 people are on yeah. our website. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what we're we like, did. We're yeah. like, holy shit, I don't know we're that. Changing many the people. world. <laughs> yeah. And we're sitting there, we're like, what the fuck are they looking at? Like, are we, like, we have those like, 30 or 40? Yeah. yeah and I was like, probably one of those just refreshing the lemonade <laughs> yeah. image. And then. When the Gwyneth thing happened and um, it was like we could watch in real time as the analytics was like 30 or 40, like 130 or 40, 540, like 1,000, 6,000, 10,000 crash. And we were like, oh, shit, we broke the Internet. God yeah. damn it. Wow. Yeah. We broke our little corner of the Internet that maybe didn't have the best infrastructure. And was that no. the – like, you yeah. guys didn't have the – It was a free yeah, Tumblr account. Like, right. We didn't know anything about anything. And, like, 
we only found out about you know her talking about us is because um, people Fans. were emailing. Yeah. The, like we had a little like TK email at the bottom, and people started emailing us like, "Oh, heard about you on Rachel." We we're like, "You're wrong." Yeah, like that wasn't <laughs> us. And so if that clip online has like two hundred thousand views, like we're a hundred thousand of her <laughs> talking about like us. Like you two personally or what? your fans? No, us one hundred percent just being like, "Oh my god, really? She's like she's so famous and she's talking about us. Like yeah. that is crazy." But so. it, like I'm you know. For your fans who are listening and if you, any of you guys are entrepreneurs or anything, like if you go viral or if something like this happens to you, um, you don't get a check from the Internet. Your life doesn't really change. Yeah. And I think that's the most confusing thing is you're like, what does all this mean? Right. How do we harness this? Right. Yeah. And yeah. who do you ask? The yeah. people you bag with at the grocery store? Do you know you're in a moment when you're in a moment, by the way? 100%. Like, <laughs> yeah. I had a full body stress rash just being like, this is special. Like, I need to make smart choices right now that I can stand behind, even if it doesn't pan out. Like, I want to know that I thought this through. Like, Yeah, and, and it was so scary because we, we couldn't quit our jobs. We needed that money. And I remember being at work and my like my schedule was crazy. I was working like... 12, 15 hour days. It was totally standard. And my boss is standing next to me talking about some stuff we have to do next week. And I'm getting emails about this book deal. I'm like, I don't know what the f- my life is right now. Yeah. And it's very scary. But yeah, you do realize that something is happening. You just don't know what. Yeah. And like people were trying to book interviews with us and we couldn't do it because we're like, I'm at the grocery store all day and he's doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can you do it, it at midnight? Jobs, right? yeah. yeah. And like everyone's like, why are you being so dodgy? I'm like, I'm not being f- dodgy. Like, I got a job that Come I see me at the grocery store. Yeah. Like, I need, yeah, exactly. I need money. Like, I don't know what to tell you and so yeah we got the book deal um in the fall of 2013 is when we signed it and then the book came out fall 2014 that's yeah. pretty quick turnaround we, we we killed ourselves yeah okay every so, day yeah 100 people thought we were dead nobody saw us like we didn't go anywhere like yeah our production um and now that we've done enough books and i, I think people know how we work because like when we did the first book we did it in like six months and then we did like three months yeah and, and that's yeah, everyone's that's reaction nuts. yeah and and our agent was like yeah maybe don't tell a lot of people that because they'll expect <laughs> that it. yeah you yeah. set the bar now yeah exactly and so every book that like so a year for us is like the first six months but we treated it like, like a full-time job yeah. exactly yeah it you is. Have to. making a book is 100% a full-time job. Yeah, so we yeah. kept our hours the same. We just changed the work. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about something that we haven't touched upon yet, which is so, to me, wildly impressive about your brand, is that your recipes are all plant-based yeah. and vegan, which may not be the instant association you would put with your branding. We don't really care for vegans. Which is... <laughs> and let's talk about that, too. Yeah. But I'm, I'm curious, when you got your book deal, did you catch any heat from the publishers being like, 100%. oh, vegan? Vegan? We and you're that's gonna not going to hit That's not going to appeal to vegans. Yeah. How actually, did you know? Yeah. Guys, I had some common sense and then I connected the dots just <laughs> you dating someone from the yoga world. Yeah. <laughs> no, people were like, oh, like, huge publishers, like, we love your brand, we love what you do, but uh, the book can't be vegan and you yeah. can't swear. Vegan books don't sell. Mm-hmm. Or they, they were like, we have our vegan book for the year. Every yeah. publisher yeah. has this one vegan Seriously, book for the year. Yeah. Yeah. One vegan book. yeah. But 12 on chicken. But they don't, yeah, but they don't sell. Yeah. And um, if you swear, nobody will stalk you. Yeah. Which is bullshit because not only. <laughs> yeah, not, said. not only. Yeah. Oh, wow. Stalk you. I thought you said stalk you. Oh, no, yeah. I'm just like. Or that. Yeah, no, you stock want, yeah. you, got it. Yeah, no, now we're on the shelves on Target. Like, yeah, they were if like, we're gonna make you money, you're gonna you're gonna put us on your shelf. They yeah. were they were like the only people who will stock you is Amazon. They're like, you won't be in Barnes and Noble, you won't be in Target, you won't be in Costco. And which, and again, like this is bullshit because that's the antiquated way of thinking. And we like an unintentionally broke the mold. And we were like, which is why we went with the publisher. They gave us the control, and they're like, you guys do whatever you want. We know that we're not the highest bidder. 
but we trust what you're doing and you have a confidence about you. And so. you'd rather fail doing it how you doing want it you to. Believe totally. Yeah, yes. than um, fail trying to cater to somebody else's expectations of you. Right. And as someone in the wellness world, I and I've sent you love notes probably <laughs> after too much wine <laughs> before and you guys always send me back really good gifts. Um, <laughs> I, I just, as someone who sees a lot of stereotypical vegans yeah. in the wellness world, which can often be quite uh, off putting, uh, soap, soapboxy, yes. proselytizing, yeah. uh, I just love that you are making plant based recipes sexy. You know, and, and there's just no, it's not off-putting. It's very, like, like, vegan nachos. But I love that you don't really use the word vegan. Yeah, either. we. that's a choice that we make. That's yeah. such what's a... The, what's the inspiration behind that choice? That you don't love all of the associations yeah. with the word? We didn't want to be, um, yeah, sort of grouped into that. Because if you're walking through a bookstore and you see, like, vegan cookbook, you just glaze over it. People keep walking. Well, and people assume a lot of morality and different kind of like lifestyle choices so in box. addition to yeah. all this. And we're not trying to change people, you know, to be this kind of, you know, holier than thou, high horse kind of person. Like, I just want you to eat some more vegetables, mm-hmm. maybe a couple times a week. Like, I don't need you to stop eating meat. But if you do stop eating meat for a couple days a week, it's better for you. It's better for the planet. Like, mm-hmm. it's better for better your for health. Animals, like, yeah. yeah, it's just a win. All across the board. And that's, so. that's most of our audience. Like 80% of our audience are omnivores. These are people who are not, they're not even vegetarian, but they're cooking more vegan food. Mm-hmm. And I, was, I, would, I would rather have like five people cook vegan a few nights a week mm-hmm. than convert one person to be a vegan. Because those five people are making the bigger impact. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I would say that's what that's what Catherine. My arms are up. I'm like, yes. So proselytizing, and then you're like, you know, well, it's like we're at church. Real change, and and it it's a gateway into, and this is something that we actually have um, going on right now. Is that more restaurants will offer more vegan options if you have omnivores who occasionally eat vegan, then you can walk into a place as terrible as TGI Fridays and order a vegan option, and that that's what we're really trying to do well, is and normalize. showing that like our palates aren't different like i no. like well-seasoned food yeah. like it you've just had bad vegetables in the past and you've also had bad chicken but you don't hold it against chicken like stop holding it against broccoli yeah oh, poor like broccoli that. yeah <laughs> for the two of you because I, I don't think we've touched on this like what is your food background oh good cool. so i'm the i'm the cook i do all the food stuff do you feel... Matt, do you dabble at all with cooking? I d- I'm a great sous chef. Okay. I'm very yeah. good that's at following. Crucial. That's what Kate and I do. I'm great yeah. at putting things away after they've been used, like Amen. the spices yeah, and things. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Often putting things away as I'm still using them, though, Yeah, I'm like, oh, you oh, you want it? You still need that chef's Cayenne knife? pepper? <laughs> yeah, I put it away, so we're done with it. It's just been sitting yeah. on the counter. So you got to move on, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've just always been a passionate home cook. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been vegan for 15 years. So way before it was cool and like you could get recipes off the internet or anything like that. Um, so I had to figure everything out myself. And so a lot of the recipes in the books are me, like Michelle's from years past, trying to figure out how to cook stuff, make it easy. Because, you know, I get home at work from work at like 8.30, 9 o'clock at night and I would need to make myself dinner because I'm not, where am I going to go? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm vegan. 
There weren't vegan restaurants like there are now. Like there was nothing like that. I'm a crazy person and I used to keep like little food notebooks because I'm like way too food motivated. So I'd be like, oh, dinner was great. This is what I had. This is what I put in there. You James Comey did. Yeah, I Comey did. I full blown. Like I better have some memos. Yeah, I need some. Yeah, (laughs) experience notes about all this stuff. Like this is what I talked to the chickpeas about. I think they might be liars. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Wait, how did you two meet? At an I, airport. I asked her out at an airport. What? Yeah. yeah. Which airport? Uh, SFO. SFO flying back to LAX. I saw her get off BART, and I was like, damn. Oh. <laughs> damn. She's looking fine. Yeah. I was hung over as hell. I was wearing jorts. Hey, oh, but I'm, jorts. I, jorts. But I was not shorts. I was not. Jean short combo. Yeah, like a jean, sh- like homemade jean shorts, uh, but like not cute and short. Not like Daisy Duke. Like, like I'm gonna like weld. But right, like levels. Right. But I'm from Texas, and to a man from Texas, <laughs> yeah. jorts are like a mating call. Oh so. yeah, I had no idea. Like I was not trolling for D at the airport at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he tried to give me a tray going through the security line. And she snubbed me. Well, I he he like, but he didn't look at me, and so he like pushed rude. it towards me. I was too. I was scared to talk to you. And then I I was like, no, he's gonna like pull something out of his bag or something. So like, get over yourself, Michelle. Like that's not for you. Like this isn't about you yeah. in the security line. So I just like blew on past. Um, and then he talked to me at the gate for a little bit. Pretend he read the book I read. I read part which, of the book. Which book? Uh, Flannery yeah. O'Connor. Everything rises must converge. And he's a f-ing liar. He still hasn't read that book. Fake news. But- <laughs> Typical feminist. Yeah. Male feminist. Yeah, exactly. To, uh, exactly. He, he's the elevated hell. books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, enjoyed that it was from the library because my broke ass could not buy books. Um, you, you you made the fatal mistake of you you were like, yeah, it's from the library. And I saw the L.A. library stamp. I was like, she lives in L.A. It's going to work. Yeah. yeah it's meant to be. But then he asked me out a baggage claim. Yep. At L.A. And I was like, hey, if you That's ever want to like. Yeah. Write a cookbook and get hate mail sometime. Like we uh, could do it together. Here's, yeah. here's my number. Like, and with the strong game I have, I shook his hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in your jorts. In wow. my jorts, and I shook his hand. I was like, "It was nice to meet you." And Thank you're like, you. "Damn, that's a firm handshake." Yeah. yeah, I'm from Texas. I love firm handshakes. Yeah, no, like, I, I like most I, most dudes. I feel like their egos would be bruised at that point. I walked away and I was like, "Damn." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I was uh, definitely big dick swinging all over that conversation. Yeah, yeah you Wait, controlled it, Matt. Yeah. I just realized we haven't asked you this yet were you a vegan when you met no so okay so yeah my food background so i I met michelle i was vegetarian Mm -hmm. i was like dabbling in vegetarian vegetarian from texas yes i i know i trust me going disowned by your family going home yeah and say i grew up in kansas so that must have been hard yeah so you get it yeah Yeah. kansas city barbecue i went vegetarian when i was eight and my parents were like fuck you have potato chips and rice yeah exactly (laughs) samesies yeah Yeah, you're on your own Yeah. yeah Um, so Pasteroni for life. I I was <laughs> starting to be a vegetarian because um, I had a really bad. Um, so my diet was like typical Western diet. It was like Red Bull, pizza, Mountain Dew, burritos, tacos, um, and it, it was awful. So I had really bad um, indigestion. And I went to my doctor. He didn't fucking talk to me like, "What's your diet? What's your lifestyle like?" He was like, "Yeah, well, just here, just take these pills." And I was like, "So," mm. I, and then that'll go away. He goes, "No, you just take them like every day now." I'm like, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm like the Band-Aid approach. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I'm 24. Why the f*** am I taking these pills? Like, And so I was reading online and kind of, you know, did what everybody does. And you sort of self-diagnose. Um, 
people were like, yeah, I went vegetarian and I had like really bad ingestion and went away. So I was like, I'll try vegetarian. And then I met Michelle and she was like, I'm vegan. I was like, oh, that's so expensive. You have to cook. Like, I can't do that shit. She was like, bro, I make like 18 grand a year. Um, if Yeah, I can... what's expensive about beans and rice? Yeah, she's like, if I can do it, anybody can do it. She's Yeah, and you worked a you know, 40 hour work week. Mm-hmm. Um, you cooked all the time. So Michelle was a lot of inspiration. Mm-hmm. She was my gateway drug. Mm. Um, that I I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, if, if she can do it. Well, and- yeah, and when people say they can't do it, like I wrote the whole first cookbook on those apartment uh, stoves, you know, where you can't like have a wok and boil water at the yeah. same time because you can't have Jeez. big pots. Like it's, it my wasn't kitchen, full size. My kitchen is like this area right yeah. here. For the listeners who so can't. So you like, wrote the first yeah. there the kitchen cookbook? Yeah, yeah, on that stove. I didn't even have a full size food processor. I had a one cup food processor. So I had to like do everything They're in the batches. Cutest, though, yeah. <laughs> so don't tell me you can't cook for yourself that you don't have space like I wrote a whole cookbook I made a like whole that. cookbook people like, yeah That's exactly right. just um, come on come on but yeah so I, I went vegan and it was like almost overnight actually overnight I stopped taking the medication The my health got better um, my skin cleared up I had bad acne I've always been like a thin dude but I actually um, gained weight as my body was getting all the nutrition and shit that it wasn't getting mm. before and my, my body was like oh this is the weight you should be when you're getting fed proper food and so yeah, yeah you balanced out yeah, so like I went vegan and it wasn't like from this day forward I'm vegan. I was like if I ever look back and I want to go back, I'm allowing myself to do that. And it's been four years now, four and a half years. Yeah, so What's the next iteration of Thug Kitchen? Right now, we you can go to any plan check restaurant in Los Angeles. We have um a menu with them <gasps> that's all so they don't I'm have watching you on Instagram. It's <laughs> very exciting. Yeah, that's um, where we're going after this. <laughs> Yeah, so they don't, they are one of these restaurants that doesn't have vegan options. Um, and they collabed with us. And we were like, yeah, we'll come into your kitchen, see what you guys use, and like we'll make a menu. And we, we love doing that with restaurants. And we always so donate genius. the proceeds to a local nonprofit. Yeah, so um, all the proceeds from our menu at Plan Check goes to uh, the Greater West Hollywood Food Coalition. So it helps um, people uh, experiencing homelessness and food instability in the Greater West Hollywood area. That's something that vegans don't give a shit about. Yeah, they, care about, they care about yeah, yeah. yeah. They care about animals. They don't care about. Let's not humans. blanket all vegans. Yeah, okay? yeah our bad, our bad. But um, we're very. I'm sure there's a lot of vegans listening to this, and they're like, "Fuck free cookies." Yeah, we're out. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but we, you know, we're very passionate because we live in Los Angeles about um, fighting homelessness um, because it's we have one of the highest Prolific homeless, here. yeah, homeless populations in the country, and it's immoral to live here and not do something about it. Yeah. And so it's something we like to talk about a lot. It's the charities we always partner with. Um, so like LA on Cloud 9, which helps people experiencing um, homelessness and their animals in MacArthur Park and the downtown area. Um, LA Burrito Project, mm-hmm. um, the LA Food Bank. Um, I, there's plenty of great organizations here in the Los Angeles area I, if people I, have time or money to donate. I think on some level that we care about it because there was a period of our life that you're like two decisions away mm-hmm. from yeah. losing everything, mm-hmm. your apartment, your job, and then what? Yeah, if you, you don't know? have family here, you don't have a – we don't have a social safety net in this country. No. Um, you know, it's but by the grace of God that we're all not in the same position. So um, it's important to us to talk about that. And if we're going to, you know, preach that this diet is affordable and accessible, like we should start with the communities that need it the most. Yeah. All right. Could you ever envision yourselves being here now? Listen, I mean, all the giving back that you get to do and then prior. No. No. (laughs) The circle is so lovely. I used um... to have one pair of pants and the shorts. Um, no, (laughs) I had one pair of jeans and uh, the button had popped off and I had to tie them together with string. 
And so, like, I couldn't really, like, go on dates because I didn't want somebody to, like, untie my string pants. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's my one pair of pants. Yeah. So you met your man from Texas and he was yeah. like, I had a lasso. And so Damn. now that we, like, people make eye contact with me and, like, invite me places, like, it's amazing. We're, so Yeah, we'll never complain. We're so fortunate for everything that's happened. We, we love meeting the people who cook our food and engage with us on social media. Like, that's us. We don't have, like, it's just the two of us. Yeah, we don't have assistance. Like, if we like your photo on Instagram that's or we us. do, that's us. Like, yeah. we do it all ourselves. Um, I can back that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we and we like that, yeah, we have the opportunity to give back to the community. And we like doing shit like that. Um, and, yeah, we'll never complain. I'm not folding T-shirts in Gap anymore, so. Poorly yeah. folding them is what I heard. Yeah. I oh. can fold the oh. shit out of some laundry. <laughs> he just had a bad attitude. said you got fired, so. Yeah, I he has a bad attitude. He had a bad oh. attitude. Oh, it was the attitude, not yeah. the skill set. Yeah, it was the general public. They're monsters. So. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for thank you for having Thanks us. For having we us. really appreciate it. Wait, wait. What's your what's your favorite cookie? Oh, right. Um, raw dough to eat, Snickerdoodle. If it's a cooked cookie, I like cowboy cookies. What cowboy are cowboy cookies? cookies? I'm writing this down. Cowboy cookies. It is a take on an oatmeal cookie, Ooh, but yum. it has chocolate chunks, pecans, mm. cinnamon, brown sugar, and shredded coconut. Okay. Texas, I'll consider it. I'll consider yeah. it for the standard cookie list. Thing? Yeah, it is, it's a real thing. It is um, thebomb.com.org.uk. Like... <laughs> um, my favorite cookie's got to be um, so it's like a Mexican cream cookie. It's oh. essentially just like, and I can't eat it now because I haven't found a vegan version. We should make one. Why don't you? It's it's ask it's, me. it's like it's li- it's literally it's like sh- it's like sugar milk. And then they they uh, like fry it, and then they put like a strawberry on top, or like oh. a, a or like a pecan, you know. And it's re- it's super sweet. So is it like very- a, a Mexican wedding cookie, like a shortbread with flour and pecan flour? And- Look at her wheels turning already. <laughs> I will make you a vegan version of this. Yeah, we'll that soon. Throne, y'all. <laughs> but because they're so sweet, they're like this big. So. No, they're super small. What, for the people listening, so it's, it's a little. It's yeah, I don't know the size of like a silver dollar. Like yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, that's, that was actually bad po- podcasting by us. <laughs> you, you threw up like a little symbol that nobody could actually see. And the, and the, and the listeners. Like, yeah, that's right. That's really small. Amazing, yeah. tiny well, thank you guys again. We appreciate it so much. Thanks thank for you for having us. us. We're fans. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Holy shit. That was fucking awesome. I'm feeling pretty hungry. Time for a break. I'm a one-trick pony, literally. I show up at kids' parties and act cute. That's pretty much it. So excuse me for being bitter when Geico says not only could we save you money on car insurance, but we do more, like give you 24-7 access online, over the phone, or even via our award-winning mobile app. Well, ooh la la, aren't they multi-talented? <laughs> hey, I said organic carrots. <laughs> Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. As promised, we have a wellness cookie for y'all today. Yes, and bringing that wellness cookie is Candice Kumai. She's an American author and chef living in New York City. And she was quoted by Elle magazine as, quote, the golden girl of wellness. It's quite the compliment. And as someone who has had the honor of enjoying her cooking in person, hot damn this girl can cook. So let's bring on Candice, and she is going to... Dust the sprinkles onto your cupcake of life. <laughs> I like that. Thanks. All 
now we're going to talk with Candice Kumai. And as if I wasn't already so excited to have her in, what does she do? She shows up with a plate of cookies. Literally free cookies. And they're matcha cookies. I do not know what matcha is, but they look amazing. Well, the thing that's cool about Candice, she comes from Japanese descent. And matcha is this amazing green tea powder. So these cookies are green, which I know seems a little funky and creepy. But we've got all these like antioxidants coming in with the cookies. And you still got the chocolate, which mm-hmm. everyone wants chocolate. But I could go on and on. Aside from these amazing cookies, Candice herself as a human is a wellness journalist. She's a chef. And amazing total baller. She was on the first season of Top Chef. All right. So we'll stop talking about her and we'll actually bring her into the studio. If we didn't want to read your resume and we just wanted to offer some sort of nugget about who oh, you are yes. and like, how would you want to be introduced? I believe you said the best Japanese mom impersonator in the world. Ever. Ever. Candice, you are doing too many things at the same time. I'm going to give you some feedback on the Dr. Oz segment, okay? You need to take <laughs> some notes. Will you do this entire interview in that voice? Well, I can. <laughs> you would learn a lot about how my mother critiques my work. But after everything that I do, there is usually a compilation of notes that come from her. There's a lot of time that's put into being devout to my job, which is helping to improve other people's lives. By no means am I perfect, but I am the best version of myself that I've ever been at this point in my career. And I never say that. But it feels that way. It feels like this Japanese I was book. so un-Japanese of you. Right. And kudos. It's, it's <laughs> happening, right? This American right. side of me is breaking yeah. through. And the beauty of that is there's a term in Japanese called um, kintsugi, and it means the golden cracks that show whether it's in a piece of fabric or you break a ceramic the Japanese put it back together and they paint the cracks with gold golden repair and the golden cracks are what show so when Andy McNichol and Eve Adderman my book agents who are both female finally (laughs) at William Morris they sat me down they're like this is your homecoming book this is the book this is the one that will change everything Um, I kind of got freaked out because I was like, oh, my God, I'm not ready to write a Japanese book. But the book helped me build more confidence to wash away the the words pretty, thin, cool, can't, no, all that shit that we took for 10, 12, 15 years, like all the anger that was built up, all the perceptions that people had in the judgment Mm. i mean now more than ever we're seeing it and it's like dude let's take all that we think we know about another person so i all i know is that i can sit in front of my desk every day and write the book and cook the recipes and travel to japan interview my mom work on edits with her and put it into a bound manuscript and if people love it great it's the first time i've ever spoken about my last breakup my childhood the way my mom raised me, which was extremely tough. You realize the humor that I do with her is a lot of pain coming out too, right? It's because it was a really painful childhood of like, why am I different? Why is she so hard on me? Why am I never good enough? It it always felt like you weren't ever good enough. And as you got older, those golden cracks are the beauty of the person that are revealed, the kintsugi. Kintsugi. I'm going to remember that word. Has your mom read the book? She, she, Candice, I read this three times already. I really don't like reading, okay? (laughs) 
for you. I'm going to do it for you. So she has a, a couple of bound versions. I've written the book four different times now. So she's like dying. She said I could give it to her one last time at the end of February. So we're going to review. And I have two Japanese editors that are going to work with me because that's how perfect it has to be. But um, mom will read it. And she definitely, I was like, did it hurt? Was it hard? And she's like, well, when I read about the stuff that happened to you, it was really sad. Because she didn't know about depth on the last breakup that I had. But it's a lot of healing, I think, that women need to see and feel. Because when they look at women like us on social, everything looks perfect. Right. But it's so imperfect. And showing there's always an opportunity for a new beginning, always. That potential is always there. And when people are brave enough to speak their truth and they have a platform where they can do that, it breathes hope and life into those that are more resigned to feeling like it's done. Yeah, and that's a beautiful way to put it. It's almost like a cleanse, like to wash away like all my fears. I never thought I would expose. I still think about how scary it is to like talk about the breakup, but I have to not care anymore because I know how many people it will help. Tremendous amount of people. So it's it's nice to know that people will probably benefit from the unfortunate pitfalls and trauma that I've been through. But at the same time, it's like, what would be more of a better contribution rather than just the matcha cookies (laughs) would be to touch somebody to their core and their heart and say, I've been through it and I came out better. Like, I didn't believe that would happen. But when it happened, I was like, holy shit, I'm so glad that I got through to the other side. There was no reason to be happy the other day. And people were like, damn, you are a happy girl. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still single. I still like live on my own. I have a cat. I love her. (laughs) But I'm happy. Yeah, it's crazy. But it took a long time to get there. Thanks, Candice. Thank you, Kate. You can find more out about Candice at her website, which is Candice Kumai. That's C-A-N-D-I-C-E-K-U-M-A-I. Episode number eight has been fucking awesome. You're really hitting that hard. You're gonna have to get just get it all out of your system because you can't go around world like that. No, I think from here on out we should have at least five bleeps per episode. Okay. Before we sign off, let's discuss something else that makes you swear. Your failed idioms. Do you have something you want to share with the Cookie Monsters? Do you have an admission to make? Um, that I've been hanging by a string? You, you know. Which is like a thread. I would I just do, like the world to know. It's I, like a freaking thread. String, thread, right. thread, string. It is hanging tomato, by tomato. a thread. You have repeatedly said hanging by a string. I do want to praise you because your failed idioms, although they are failed, you, they're not imploded. You Thank you. generally... There's a offer method to my madness. The essence of what the idiom should be because between So you're saying I'm creative. You're very creative. I'm an innovator of idioms. You were also earlier you failed on two idioms in the last 24 hours. <sighs> Do you remember your other failed idiom? That they're trying to penny and dime me? Yes. Everybody was penny and diming you. Which is there really a big difference between pennies and nickels? Again, the general essence is there. One is not penny and dimed, though. We're all under 10 cents. Well played. 
Thanks. That's going to do it for us. Remember to email us at freecookies at ESPN.com about all things cookies or life because we love to hear from the cookie monsters. We're hitting that hard, the cookie monster thing. Cookie monsters. So free cookies is from ESPNW. So please, please, please be sure to check out ESPNW.com for all your women's sports news features as well as lifestyle and culture tips. This podcast is produced and would not exist without Sarah Johnson. We love you, Sarah. It's edited by Brendan Rosen. And we got production help from Adam Bronstein and Barry Finkel. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, Adam. (laughs) You can find us on the Listen tab of the ESPN app or wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. So please, please. Subscribe. Or rate. Or review. All of it. That's so great. It's really helpful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Later, f***ers. Yeah, see you, motherfucker. Heads.